Um, for me personally would be, am I happy? Um, am I fulfilled? Are my relationships with people healthy? You know, is there plenty of love in my life? Right. The rest right. of it's work. I enjoy my work, but I try not to ultimately let that completely define me it, as an entrepreneur. It, it will be a large part of the definition, but if I'm no more than that, then I don't feel that I've been successful. Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. He's flipping through the book. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals. Today we have a phenomenal guest. I know I say that all the time, but I've managed to drag a local legend, a man in the entertainment industry, a man who makes dreams come true and memories that will last a lifetime. Mr. Tim Ortiz, how are you doing today, sir? Outstanding. Yes, you look terrific. Nice to see you, Martin. Thanks for uh, making it into the studio. My pleasure. So things are good? Things are great. All right, well, we're going to catch up, and we are also going to get the audience caught up. As I said, Tim is in the entertainment industry. He is the founder, owner, president, all that good stuff of Event Vibe. Is that correct? Yes, that is Yes, correct. and this is the, almost a 20-plus year endeavor. It has been a while. It yes. is. All right, so before we unpack that and get into all that fun stuff, I'd like to back it up. We customarily kick this off with the GTR, which is the Good Things Report. Now, you can go first or you can defer to me. Your choice, sir. I'll defer. Uh, <laughs> that's cruel. Um, well... As you know, <laughs> I was just racking my head, and I'm like, I don't think I've used this, and it's a fantastic GTR. My, <laughs> he looks all serious. My 17-year-old daughter uh, has a job, and it's a fantastic job. Awesome. And without, yeah, without getting into too much of the, you what know, is she doing. She's working in a clothing boutique, mm-hmm. but the best part is it's it's like five blocks from our house. It's in her line of interest, if you will. And it's there's even like a, a great entrepreneur that runs it, a younger gal who's mm-hmm. just killing it. So I think one of the great byproducts of all of this, other than learning responsibility and work ethic mm-hmm. um, and making a little money, is she's seeing this woman, I'm sure, on some level as a mentor. Mm-hmm. as a businesswoman, as an entrepreneur. So um, I have not used that, and that is a very good GTR. So I'm happy to say Mia's got a job. <laughs> what do you got, buddy? Well, I was thinking, and <clears throat> when you brought up the daughter, I was, it reminded me that I just had uh, lunch with my father on oh. Thursday, and it was his 82nd birthday. And um, so when I was growing up, I was in a lot of sports, and whenever – our team or I would win if it was an individual sport. He would always take me out for pastrami sandwiches. And that was like the father son bonding thing was pastrami sandwiches. So I grabbed him and I took him to a place that had pastrami sandwiches and, uh, got to the front and said, what do you have? And he's like, I have a pastrami sandwich. <laughs> and at that point I realized he was really taking me for pastrami sandwiches. Cause he loved pastrami sandwiches. Right. <laughs> but it just become a great memory for yeah, you. Yeah. Well, exactly. I saw that picture on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I just loved it immediately. I mm-hmm. uh, is he living locally? Yeah, he lives out in Rancho Penasquitos. Unbelievable! Yeah, and he's eighty-two. He's eighty-two. So we had a good lunch, really nice lunch, and we're able to talk and just kind of about the differences and similarities um, between his life and my life, and the different family cultures that have emerged. It was interesting to hear sure. him say that he 
never spoke to his father. Him and his father never talked. And, you know, that his father's job was to make sure he got an education and get him out in the world to do his thing. And then just kind of hearing things about the work ethic, um, saying that he really didn't know what he was doing. He just knew that he had to work really hard, and he was fine with that. And so that's what he did. And that's pretty much what I saw. That could be a tough cycle to break. But he was not as hard as his father was on him. Was he that hard on you or he was taking you out for pastrami sandwiches he just wasn't around that much because oh, he worked it. all got the time it. but he got was it. always at my games or my track meets or whatever right. it was that I was doing Great. <clears throat> I don't know how he did it but I would have a track meet in Northern California and there he would be in the stands and I don't know how he got there or what happened but I always managed to be <laughs> and what's his name? That stuff. Ruben Ruben alright and uh, 82 yeah, so what'd you run in track? What what were your events? I ran the 200 meters. 200 is awesome. The high jump, primarily, but I also did the 4 by 4 And was that high school? Yeah, high school and a little bit of college. What high school? Mount Carmel High School. So the good news is that's where we were going to go anyway, so this right. is a beautiful natural segue. Perfect. So you grew up in Rancho Penasquitos area. I did a lot of time in Pacific Beach also. <laughs> By did a lot of time, he doesn't I mean, mean... I went to PB Elementary right. School and... and Oh, no. That's all right. That never happens. That's the first time that's ever happened. Anyways. um, (laughs) So you go to... So I went to PB Elementary, and then after, uh, just before I got to high school, um, they decided to move me on to the suburbs. Where get you out of the beach? Yeah, I was just running around with a bunch of derelicts, and my dad said... Well, PB's famous for that. Yeah. (laughs) So that was a very traumatic... Situation moving from that no life east of I five mentality to suddenly living being east of I five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, that's close to the zone. Yeah, very close to Arizona. So you go to uh, Rancho Penasquitos, and then do we work our way towards? And I know some of this. I'm asking on behalf of Mm -hmm. the. The listener, of course, but do we work our way towards higher education or? Definitely. We do. Good. I was always brought up with no question of what was going to happen with my education. Excellent. You're going to college. Right. That was always what was going to happen. I never considered that there might be a different path. Right. He didn't tell me to do much, but go to school get your education and then the sports thing just kind of came naturally. But looking back, it was a good choice by him to keep me really busy in sports because I was a pretty hyper active kid. So I needed to stay busy. If I wasn't busy in some structured kind of environment, then I was, Great. you know, usually getting in some, kind what of were trouble. you jumping? <laughs> what were you high jumping? Well, <clears throat> height wise, do you recall? I think my, when I was in high school, I think I did six foot six, Six six? Yeah. Um, Are you? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But it was. It was really my younger years that was the most interesting when I was six six. Insane. When I was what are you five twelve 10? years old? Are you five ten? Five eleven. Okay. When I was twelve years old, I had the world record for twelve year olds in the high jump. I was jumping six two. I was I was jumping a foot over my head at wow. twelve years old. Um. But then puberty hits, right. and I just didn't evolve right. like everybody else. I stayed like <laughs> diminutive size, and um, so I got you know I got better. I think when I was, uh, I think it was at a city meet here in San Diego, and the city record for a twelve-year-old was four foot one inches, and I broke the record <laughs> by over a foot. Wow! And that was I think it was five foot two and a half, and I think that at the time at the time we looked into it, and it was the world record. They didn't really the have they, yeah, didn't, well. they didn't have anything, but I think the record is. Like and then what was your 200 time? 21.8. That is smoking fast, baby. Yeah. Um, so you go higher education. Where do you apply? Where do you end up going to school? Well, first I went to <laughs> Saddleback Junior College because oh. I wanted to surf Salt Creek. Yep. And it was all lefts, and I thought it would be good practice. Um, so I did that for a semester, and I couldn't take it. By so the way, I, that's how you want to select your 
your school by, by the, the surf, surf break exactly. that's next to it. Excellent. Exactly. Um, so I moved back to San Diego, moved to Sunset Cliffs because the cliffs is always a great place to surf. Yep. Um, didn't go to school for a semester, got into Mesa, and then went to San Diego State, went through a bunch of different um, – I think first I was business administration, then I went to communications, then I went to art, and then I ended up in business finance, and that's what I ended up <laughs> that is quite the journey. So, yeah, we're kind of navigating our way through mm-hmm. through higher ed. And then you graduate. Mm-hmm. What year-ish? 92. <laughs> and then you're out here in the real world. Right. And how, like, what's your first entrepreneurial adventure? Well, I started in, in college. Yep. Because That's what ever I since I was a kid, I, I always liked parties and stuff like that. And yep. So when I was in college, it was a natural fit. Some of my friends had contracted a nightclub in Point Loma and were doing every other Friday night there, they were doing a, an event there called Rock Rock. And I had a friend, um, a Brazilian friend named Paulo, and he's like, we should do it. We should do the other Friday. So I went in, talked to the owner and <clears throat> he said, yeah, you guys can take it. And so I got a $3,000 student loan and did our first night there and lost half of it. I think I lost 1800 of it. (laughs) And you're like, we're in business. Yeah. So retooled it, renegotiated with the venue owner, talked to the guy, talked to a bunch of different guys that I knew and asked them what what was the problem. And they told me it's your deal with the venue. He's the only one making money. So I went back and renegotiated. And then on the second event, we broke even. Then on the third event. This is the entrepreneurial adventure. Yeah. You dive in. Tend to, and I don't ready, mean you. Ready you tend to not aim. know what you're doing. Exactly. You trip all over yourself, mm-hmm. so to speak, and then you adjust. Right. Yeah. On our first event, I think we did five or six hundred people to the event, which was outstanding. And it was called Rock Rock. That Rock, well, that Rock was, was the location. Ours okay. was called Taxi. Oh, ta- Taxi. Yeah. I remember Taxi back in the day. Not. Yeah. I don't know if I ever went, but <laughs> I wasn't that guy. Yeah. But yeah, Taxi. So, That's funny. Yeah. Everybody was doing that. Yeah, so we did that <clears throat> through college, and then why was it called taxi? By the way, because um, we wanted people to take a taxi. <laughs> no, that was uh, because I had moved around a little bit for a couple of years. Oh. Went to Europe and went and lived in New York City, and Got it. and I always liked to go out to the clubs. And sure. whenever you were going out clubbing in New York, you would always take a taxi. And so that just kind of reminded me of like proper nightlife. Um, now I guess I would have to call it Uber or Lyft. <laughs> that wouldn't work. <laughs> But taxi is genius. I mean, I that was very memorable back then, mm-hmm. and I just immediately remember that name. That's great. Yeah. So you're doing the taxi thing right. for how many years? I mean, I started in 89, and then when I graduated from college, the last year in college, I had... <clears throat> put together an agreement with a guy who was a commercial real estate broker and who was doing nightlife events for the more mature crowd. Um, <laughs> like if you went to their events, sure. it would be like uh, secretaries and stuff. That's right. what we thought. We were younger. We were in college. So we just figured those were older people, but they were probably like 26 or 27 <laughs> yeah. years old, single girls. And, and the guys, uh, one of them was Ed Himmelberg, one of um, um, John Stinson, one of um so those guys, um, Jim Clayton. And so Ed kept wanting to help me. And so I said, he, the deal was you can be my partner for the next year. And then when I graduate from college, I want my own nightclub. You put the deal together because he was a commercial real estate broker and I didn't know how to do that kind of stuff. And I said, and then we'll stay partners. And if not, then we'll just split ways. And he put it all together. And so we ended up with a nightclub in La Jolla on Prospect and Girard. And what was that? Was that still taxi? Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. taxi. Okay. Yeah. So we did that for five years and then sold it. And, and you guys were 50-50? Uh, no, we had a finance guy come okay. in too. Good. And uh, so that was that. And it wasn't a lot of money to be and made You were the promotions it. guy? Yeah, I was the sweat equity. Right. Wow. So, well, that's another great like entrepreneurial lesson right. where guys can that's where fill I, gaps. That's where I learned partners. where I, yeah. I, I need a more dynamic environment in my life. I can't right. be in the same place as much as they needed me there. I was there for about 100 hours a week, right. and it was just way too much for huh. me. 
And it was, uh, yeah, it was a fascinating time. Um, I started day trading after that, wanted out. And while I was day trading through the dot-com boom at the end of the 90s, <laughs> Perfect um, thinking I was killing right, it, but right. anyway, I guess everybody killed it. You had to be right. an idiot to lose your money during the uh, rising boom. tide lifts all boats. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> that, that's actually my favorite quote. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> darn, now I'm going right. to have to come for the metal. Yeah, sure. um, yeah, so um, <clears throat> at the time, the valuations of dot coms, nobody knew really what they were, what right. they were doing. So right. the valuations were based on the number of impressions their logo was getting in the market. <laughs> right. And that's real. Yeah. That oh, was how right. .com was valued. So Pets.com. Pets.com went and put their logo on the World Series, then suddenly their valuation went through the roof and the stocks went through the roof. No, they had no and so that's range. when I came up with the idea for eventvibe.com was because um, I was printing a lot of flyers and I thought, okay, if I can build a website where all promoters in the country – I will list all their events. All they have to do is put my logo on their flyer and send me a copy of it, and I'll post it. And then people can see what's happening all over the country, and I'll be getting all these impressions for our logo, right. millions and millions, and then I sure. can just sell the company and be a billionaire. Which has happened. Well, yeah, no. Um, so the so that, was I, that was the origin of Eventbrite, That was because the you were genesis just gonna, of the idea. You were going to be a hub and, where everybody could right, was that post their events. And I thought that if I took pictures of people and put them online, that they would feel special and they would tell which their friends. Which is still true today. Which is, yeah, this is before Friendster or MySpace right, or right, Facebook. Right, right. So I bought a little 110 Instamatic camera, those disposable ones, oh, and I man, would go yeah. out to the clubs and take pictures of people and hand them a business card that said, you are on <laughs> event5.com. You are <clears throat> killing me. No, it next, makes perfect sense. And then the next morning right. I would run to Long's and I would drop off sure. the film. Right. Because you couldn't see the pictures before no. they were developed. <laughs> yeah. And then I would get the film back and I would uh, go through it. And I had the newest Mac, which was a 60 megahertz Mac. Right. Megahertz. Like a, a it had CI. a massive 500 megabyte hard drive. Megabyte. 500 right. megabyte hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> I have a thumb drive in my pocket right, right now with right. more memory than that thing right. did. Yeah, so then I would uh, spend about 30 minutes scanning all the photos in and cropping so them. So you pick them up at, like, Save-Ons, and then right you there on, scan them. Right, right there on Pearl Street yeah, in La Jolla, yeah, right. and get them, scan them, and upload them. And um, so the, the logo strategy was a failure because you, promoters, generally speaking, aren't coordinated enough to follow through on something like that where they don't see a direct... Right. Benefit, yeah, yeah, the direct correlation in their revenues, I guess. Sure. Um, so I couldn't get that to, to get traction, but the photos online thing worked really well. So the, um, yeah, the traffic blew up. I remember when it launched and just sitting there watching people come on and more people come on and more people come on until I think within a couple of months we were getting 300,000 page views a day. And That's I true. had no idea what I had. Right. My hands on. I just knew it was a lot of people, and I was trying to figure out how to monetize that. So I started asking for people to type in their email address before they got access to the photos, and then created a nice mailing list. Lead generation. That was the beginning of my funnel. I didn't know it was a funnel. Right, right, right. <clears throat> yeah. So I had a couple hundred thousand email addresses for people in Southern California who liked to go out. So I would start doing deals with the clubs and send people to specific events and. Work out and that's what Event 5 paid. became. Yeah, and that's how kind of got sucked back into the event side of it, was developing that much influence. Cause but, before, but now Event 5, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, so you have your own events, mm -hmm. and you can also help people promote events. Right. That's beautiful. Yeah, there's a little bit of a conflict, too, inherent yeah, in the situation. Right. And I think it's the nature of the industry to recognize that. Um, and I think might have gotten in the way of a couple right. of relationships, but... Um, just a, in comparison, um, my mailing list before I got the website was about 300 people, and it took me years to get that. And every time I sent out a mailer, mm -hmm. it would cost about $300 right, right. to get to 300 people, and I before, had no idea right. whoever even saw the thing. I mm -hmm. didn't even know if they moved. Now I know <clears throat> that 10% of my so, demographic well, moves every oh, month. Right, got it. Yeah, back then it was like a 95% open rate. Right. Now it's a lot different. 
Um, but we're looking at different ways to connect sure. with the consumer. What I love is, I mean, just for the listener to sit back and and recognize that this is a story of uh, just constant adaptation. Like you do this, then you do this, and then you look at your strengths mm-hmm. and maybe your weaknesses, and then you say, oh, we can capitalize on this, we should stop doing this, and you just continue to kind of... <clears throat> Yeah. navigate, work your way through it. So, right. We would send out an email blast and we'd get responses and we'd cop, cut and paste people's names from the emails incredible. onto a list until we finally built a form online. So we'd send them a link to a form to right. sign up on the list and the list would self-aggregate. And then we could just print it out and just kind of kept going from there. And then we came up with online ticketing, you know, years before Ticketmaster ever did, built our own ticketing platform, <laughs> um, EventVibe, and right. Groove Tickets and uh, Want Tickets. Um, we were the first ones to really get the online ticketing so going. Where, where, uh, knowing what you've done in the past, doing that same sort of assessment, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you're always doing. Where, where do you see Event Vibe moving forward next few years? More of this, less of this type thing. Well, right if now, you can <clears throat> even say it, you might not yeah. want to. I mean, I'm, okay. I have no problem talking about it. We're building a. Um, we've been working on getting. As opposed to having our own photographers going to events and developing content with all that heavy lifting, right. instead we're going to create a hub that just pulls the content because there's so many photographers out there taking sure. nightlife content. We're going to identify all of their pages and pull it onto the website and be the hub for that and pull the events and start to just develop more traffic that way Great. and maybe wow. go on to a affiliate advertising business model um, with ticketing because the ticketing space got really crowded really fast. Um, and so I think the uh, sending people to buy tickets and being able to get paid for that as opposed to trying to actually trying to do the yeah, tickets. Yeah. 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 Well, a little piece of <clears throat> X is, are you doing anything with in the app world these days? Um, not yet. Okay. I mean, I did one um, thing where we were trying to automate guest list entry right. with geofencing. Right. So people that still could, has some possibility. Yeah, that still has right. some possibility. But a lot of I, I don't, I actually, I haven't seen anybody try it since we tried it, and we didn't get the technology right, and the adoption rate didn't right. get the traction we needed to keep trying. <clears throat> Which might have had to do with the failures in the technology. And not the um, idea. Yeah. But I, I have seen people put together similar business models. Like Disco Tech has a nice app for nightlife. But they have to do a lot of heavy lifting right. to get okay. it done. It's not fully automated yet. The, uh, the phone actually triggering... By crossing through a geofence so that right. the technology knows if you attend it or not. And, and they then, heard about it from you type thing. Um, so it's like it's I'm, your I'm, member, they go into X. Right. If X they're signed event, up on the right. map, if they sign up on the app and they go into the venue. And you should get a little love for that. Then you have a contract okay. with the venue that right. would trigger a payment. I love it. Um so that was that was the idea. Um but I I, I just didn't pull it off, so there was that. But. Well, there's there's nothing but time, man. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, fantastic. And then we're kind of rounding second base here. I mm-hmm. love I love the description. Anything about event vibe that we should know? An upcoming event. Keep in mind, I'm not sure necessarily when this airs. Maybe in a week <laughs> or two. Um, but having said that. If it's not too time sensitive, maybe in a month or two, mm-hmm. uh, always good. We can. I'll ask you at the end too. We can hang out links, but if there's any mm-hmm. events coming up or we do or actually the type have, of events, we have I an just event realized that I'm working on right now that I'm I'm excited about the yeah. the because I've been in the electronic space for so long mm-hmm. and this top heavy <clears throat> mean electronic music electronic Got music it. yeah um it's like, kind of hopped top heavy with these uh right. with these super djs these uber oh. megastar djs Got it. Got it. um like avici who passed away last week unfortunately um i didn't know that all right peter him yeah he had a hard time with uh 
alcohol and sure to got, ended up with pancreatitis and just couldn't stop drinking is what I had heard. Oh, man. Um, and I knew him and he was a really nice guy and we all know someone who has substance abuse issues. I think we do, unfortunately. You do everything you can to help them, but not all the time is it successful. Um, anyway, so San Diego is a very talented environment as far as DJs <laughs> and producers go. I'm just laughing because it's also an environment that's conducive for I mean, I think people like to have parties here. Maybe it's the environment. Maybe it's there's the weather. A, there's a strong, <laughs> there's, yeah. There's a strong celebratory environment here. <laughs> right. People do well like put. like the, that social component. Like, I think it's fairly well branded in our yes. DNA just to to get around people and have a good time. And I, I imagine that's global. I imagine that's worldwide. There's very few places that aren't like that where people like to get together. People are comfortable around each other. I think it's just right. as human beings, we're But you were saying members. that the talent in San Diego, right? aside the from the lake. The talent in San right. Diego. So when you're doing a show, um, if you're at the sports arena or something and you have you know a big DJ, Calvin Harris or... R.L. Grimes or somebody like that, Tiesto, one of the big guys. Um, it's really all about the artist. Right. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to get together the larger group of local talent who also have a lot of influence. And so we've got a show coming up at the World Beat Center. It's 18 and up. And we've got one strong headliner, Henry Fong, who is not like made it to the top of the mountain yet, but he's, he's on his way. Got he's it. a recognized close, solid close talent. Close to mega. Solid talent. Right. I think he's on Dim Mac. I think he um, records with Steve Aoki's um, record label. And then we've got nine local guys supporting. So we have that's, two stages. That's a big show. Yeah. We've got nine local guys who are excited about it. And, and where? Where's the show? Um, at the World Beat okay. Center. World it's Beat. not that large a venue. It's a new experiment. I don't think anybody in the country right now is really trying to create a business model based off of local talent. Right. Everybody shied away from it. Right. Um, you can't, like on, a, on most of the shows in the venues down in the gas lamp, you can't put a lot of local talent on it. Um, <clears throat> it's a lot of work. But your to, point is it's a different format. Right. Where it just might work and it's unique to what right. Event Vibe is doing. Right, right. If we That's can create great. a if we can create an environment for their kids where they can come out and have a great show with a lot of people that they a lot of DJs that they actually have access right. to. Um, and then one of the guys that is, you know, just beyond their reach. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That we'll we'll see how that goes. That They're, sounds like everyone's a great really excited about it. So Um and what what month is this? It's next month. Next May. month, May. And what's it called? It's called Base <laughs> Can we say it on the air. Base Summit. Base Summit. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Very tricky. Yeah. So B A S S is you know because of bass right. music, bass. and that's what all the boom. kids are listening to—the dubstep and the trap music. And so the <clears throat> the conflict between the base and the summit is too it. different. And then the base summit is like Genius. the summit, the important people of bass music, even though it's just I love it local. Who so who comes up with a tricky name like that? Creative you know, name. originally. I did, and it was um, base. base base camp, B A S S C A M P, and uh, I loved it. I thought it was great, <laughs> and uh, and then I, we put it out and got all the artwork out there, and then. <laughs> I was looking around online. I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh. Someone does this in Reno, Nevada, oh, and so okay. I called one of my guys and I sent it to him. And he's all, "Oh shit! What do we have to do?" And I'm all, "I don't think anybody will ever find out. Who oh. cares?" And the next morning, we got an email. Hey, another great have- entrepreneurial <laughs> lesson. Hey, we've got that trademark, bro. This is but I knew the guys, right. and they know no, me, and they fun. know I'm not trying to pull a fast one. So I changed it. It wasn't but, a big deal. Base Summit works too. We were well, really going to go with Base Summit or Base House. I love H A U S. I like Base House too. Base House a lot of the people who like right. bass music like house music I love so it's it. got a nice but then we could also have a some we could have a bass series we could do bass house we could do bass summit we could do all kinds of different things with it but the point is mm-hmm. you're always being creative you're always problem solving mm-hmm. and uh, it's constant constantly evolving like you're even at this stage mm-hmm. 20 plus years you're still looking for new formats new show types 
even crazy shit like new names. So yeah, yeah, we we just started a new thing where we're going to be learning um, a new corporation that is going to be looking at different ways to apply AI to uh, the music industry, predictive analytics and machine learning. And and you don't even need to pay the DJs, man. Just no, roll no. out a robot. I'm kidding. You actually, there, kidding. there actually has been AI that's created music already. Um, I think you'd, you have to have someone involved. I'm, I'm not looking for AI to do the performing. I'm, right. It's just more um, having been in the business for so long. People who have been in the business for a long time and have to make decisions, we make decisions based right. on our own internal al- algorithms that from patterns that we recognize sure. with the consumers or in music and learning how to take my bandwidth, it's, which is limited, it's very finite, and then apply a machine to it. And if we can find the right algorithms to apply the machine learning to, then yeah. we can put it on to millions of different data, points, data sets and see what we can come up with. In, in my mind, it's not that they probably couldn't do it, AI computer. Mm-hmm. It's it's that it would remove part of the artistic mm-hmm. element, the improv element, whatever. The human element is probably what I'm trying to say <clears throat> from mm-hmm. the experience. And I think at the end of the day, the, people people want producing music. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, people want to see a face in a DJ. Right. Right. Probably not a robot. <clears throat> yeah, I think the last. I mean. We go through this. The last thing that people really, when we went from cellular film to digital film, <laughs> yep. people said, you know, it doesn't have the same look and feel. It doesn't quite feel the same. It doesn't sure. look as good. And now right. there's no more cellular film. Oh, it's yeah. all digital now. Um, when they went from vinyl music to uh, CDs, um, there a lot of people were saying, that's not going to work. No one's going to want to see it. Now they just show up with a thumb drive. And they yeah. hold it up and they wave it around like it's a sure. glorious thumb drive. And they plug it in and they <laughs> rock their set out. But <clears throat> yep. I don't even think the DJ plugs it anymore. I think the tour manager comes up and does it for them. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. We're going to take a quick time out here. Perfect. All right. We are back with Mr. Tim Ortiz. Rock star extraordinaire. Entrepreneur extraordinaire. Founder of Event Vibe. So, Tim, before we roll through some of the standard routine questions I like to ask on my interviews, we like to ask here on Habits to Goals, um, I want to go back to the whole, you were talking about this idea that some of these DJs are like mega, mega stars. Right. (laughs) How... Even with your all the success you have mm-hmm. and and the track record, the longevity in this industry, do you run into challenges getting through to some of the bigger people? Are there any good funny stories you can say without sharing names in particular? And and if not, that's cool. I just I think there's probably <laughs> there's probably something there. Hey, you've done shows with big big acts, right? Right. Big egos, right? Mm-hmm. So is it all mostly super cool or anything get funny or weird? <laughs> and how, how do you reach out when you approach them? Well, you don't, go just- to the, you don't go directly to the artist. You go to the agent. Of course. And so the, the, the agency, <laughs> um, back when I started, the, the only real agency that was out there was AM only, and that was run by Paul Morris. And... Um, so I'm calling the agency, trying to get someone on the phone, and I'm nobody, but I want their talent. Sure, um, I want to bring them to San Diego, and I end up finally getting on the. F- finally, someone takes my email and phone call, and it's Joel Zimmerman. And what year is it? Early two thousands. Okay, got it. Wow. Um, good old Joel. Yeah, and Jay Z. He's, <laughs> he's Paul's. I don't know if he's an assistant or what, and. Um, it just it wasn't a very warm and an environment right. to be communicating in, um, but I finally started to get some some talent going my way, and, and, and we had good shows for them, so they started making more and more talent available to us. And as our shows got better and better, then we got access to Dana Morrissey, who was uh, Paul's partner, and then finally Paul, who was okay. managing like uh, Tiesto and David Guetta and Benny Benassi and most of the biggest guys you, in the world at the time. Do you remember any 
any trick or where 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 you broke through somehow? Just Did you send a gift? It was no. Just persistence, persistence is just the path asking. of least resistance. Right. <laughs> so you just persisted. Yeah. I love it. Great. Yeah. A different trick I found is. <clears throat> If you continue to ask the same question in the same way, you can expect the same response. And so, change your so you can change the tone and the wording. You can try straightforward. You can try funny. You can try pissed Just off. Change. You can try all kinds right. of different things to find out what that particular person's button is. Right. That'll get them to respond. That's brilliant. Because everyone's different. That's brilliant. So just keep trying different things. Um, I love it. Yeah, so then um, AM Only, Joel eventually left AM Only and started um, William Morris Electronic, Joel Zimmerman, and ended up with Dead Mouse, who was also Joel Zimmerman. So Joel Zimmerman was an agent for Joel Zimmerman, so that was fun. Um, And um, took a lot of the talent with him as well. Yeah, that's Um, funny. And that was a. Um, And so Event Vibe primarily, last question, then we'll move on. Um, Primarily events in san diego you do anything in vegas or we've done stuff in vegas we've done stuff in arizona orange county los angeles and san francisco but i just like being in san diego i I guess i could be more aggressive or something but i sure like it here (laughs) and the spanish fishermen yeah exactly (laughs) got it um all right so now we will roll into I like to, because as an entrepreneur, as a great entrepreneur, as I know you are, you don't last this long without having difficult days, very hard, tough, brutal days where you want to quit. How do you mentally uh, get over that hurdle? What 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 is Tim saying to Tim on the crappiest day? I think... The darkest part of that is I just am not sure I have any options. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm good at what I right, do. Right. And if I decide that I'm not going to do this anymore, right. what, are what you the gonna fuck do? am I right. going to do? Right. Like, right. what the right. hell am I going to do? Right. Got it. Um, <clears throat> I was talking with Brian Modelli. All right, a quick timeout. Again, thank you so much for joining me and Habits to Goals. I hope you are digging this interview. I want to share with you something pretty cool we've just thrown out there. You can catch this either live or recorded. It's a webinar I put on. It's about 60 minutes. It goes through nine major tips. It gives you background about the habit factor, a little bit about me, and an overview, an intro to something we have put together called the 28-Day Breakthrough. Fantastic course. Really, the goal of which is... It's the old, you don't feed a man a fish or woman, you teach them to fish. And so this is built above, beneath, around the habit factor, really gets in depth with mission, vision, values, some great modules around goals in particular, energy, the mastery mindset. Those are uh, modules that are included. Anyways, check it out. All you have to do is go to thehabitfactor.com forward slash 28. That's the number 28, 28 day, D-A-Y webinar. That's com forward slash 28 day webinar. You can get the info, sign up, and hopefully we'll see you on the inside. And with that, let's get back to this fantastic interview. Cheers. The other day, and we were talking about this specifically, and we were just talking about the grind and like some of the more redundant, less colorful and stimulating tasks that we have to do over and over and over and over again. And he shared with me, he said, you know, when I think about that stuff and it starts to drag me down a little, I remember that I'm the best at that thing. Wow. And that no one does it as well as I do. (laughs) And even if it's not like knocking home runs in front of 50,000 people, that one thing that I can do over and over and over and over again to make my business successful, there's no one really better than me at that. And that's, 
that resonated with me. I like that a lot. There's some things that I'm really good at. And if I continue to do them over and over and over again, there will be, you know, some degree of success that'll come along with it. I think that's beautiful. And, and the other, yeah, this idea that you, you almost accept the, the crap. In other words, you the shit. This all the, might be the, shit, but I'm good at well, this and, shit. And, and, it's, and it comes with the uh-huh. it comes with the territory that mm-hmm. there's no there's no sunshine and rainbows seven twenty four three sixty five. And as far as businesses go, yeah. I have about as much sunshine and rainbows as right. a business could possibly you have, have with dream. the shows yeah. and the music and all the sexy people <laughs> right. and the lights and the right. lasers and the LED walls and. I mean, it's exciting. It's a, it's a really exciting. Yeah. If a, you can stay up to it's two. A high <laughs> it's what I call a high-octane environment. I high have octane. pretty high-octane personalities. So, so that's how you battle through me. tough days. Next question. How do you define success? Um, for me personally, would be, am I happy? Um, am I fulfilled? Are my relationships with people healthy, you know, is there plenty of love in my life? Right. The rest of it's work. I enjoy my work, but I try not to ultimately let that completely define me. As an entrepreneur, it it will be a large part of the definition, but if I'm no more than that, then I don't feel that I've been successful. And those, when, when you say fulfilled, what, what, comprises the fulfilled feeling like what are the elements of a fulfilled I think you you touched on them when you said love and relationships but I'm just yeah, kind of thinking what balance balance in a life um, I, f- I exercise a lot I try to eat well um, I try to take time to see friends and, you know, do other stuff besides work, uh, travel. Um, and if I have a balanced life and I've taken care of myself then I find I'm more used to the people around me and that's fulfilling to me is being useful to the people around me. Um, I don't think like sitting in a, in an office and and just writing code or something like that would be fulfilling to me. Got it. Relationships and having, that human interaction also is something that I require to feel fulfilled. I, I love that I asked. I mean, the, the, the theme balance came up a few times. So the, the company behind the habit factor, behind this podcast, behind the pressure paradox is called Equilibrium Enterprises. That's nice. my, yeah, that's the idea is what, what do I want with that? And it came down to balance and then just wanted a synonym. Mm-hmm. You want to call it balance enterprise. <laughs> right, right, right. But fulfillment, great. Balance. Yeah, at some point, I think balance equals harmony. Absolutely. And harmony equals love or peace, and peace equals love. So all those things kind of magically come together. Um, all right. Well, enough on that. Although it's a perfect segue, I almost feel like I was cheating. You. When I asked you about being fulfilled, you said, well, I have these good habits. Actually, I don't even know if you said a habit. You just said, I like to work out. I do this. So the question is, simply enough, two or three of your best habits that lead to your success, which, again, you may have answered, but now I'm asking it point blank. I would say app. After the reading the habit factor and, you know, becoming acquainted with you and becoming friends with you and hearing the doctrine over and over and over again was a very cathartic point in my life because I never looked at the things that I did as habits. But when I did start to look at it that way, it made a lot of sense. It resonated and and it helped me to structure the way I looked at the world in a way that functioned, that was very efficient for me. So I think probably one of my best habits Uh is the way I look at my behavior as habits. Oh my God. That is so meta. That is mind blowing. Seriously. I'm dead serious. Like I don't think anybody, 
the habit of observing your habits and being so aware, you know, this, I was just bragging earlier about Mia getting her job. Right. So the first, she, she basically just took over, destroyed the Instagram account for Mm -hmm. the habit factor because she's actually, that's what she does. And she's like, this is so bad. She deleted all the posts. I, I mean, I was never there anyways. <laughs> and then she created like one or two posts, but she did them the right way. And uh-huh. she saw, what's the quote? <clears throat> and I said, habit, a shackle for the free. And it's the same. It's to underscore your awareness. So we are bound by our habits. The question is, because we have choice, right? if you can observe it, like you just mentioned, which was brilliant, if you can observe it top level, then you can choose to bind yourself with the shackles that are that are favorable. Agreed. Um, so, anyways, I I think that's really meta, and I mean that, and I, I think that's incredible. So, the habit of look viewing your habits is incredible. My behaviors as yeah. habits, yeah, yeah. and and yeah. understanding the reoccurring that, ones, yes. That if you you continue to f- focus on being redundant in that matter that, you know, neuroplasticity will help. Kick in. Yeah. To support that habit. Um, as I have had lunch with a friend the other night and he was talking about his fasting. He doesn't see it as a habit, but when he said, I I've taken to fasting 16 hours a day, I don't eat after eight o'clock at night. And then till like two the next day or till noon the next day. Wow. <clears throat> and he told me all the benefits of it. <laughs> And then I got home and my wife, we have a thing, we have a habit of second dinner around wow. nine or 10 o'clock. We'll go. And so the first one's light then? No. No. <laughs> we go for it both times. Yeah. I thought, you know, that's a right. habit that sure. I've gotten into. That's probably not a healthy habit. And probably the final outcome of that behavior is not going to be ideal for me because I like to the fight. Keep an eye you on mean my, the cumulative yeah, yeah, over 10 years? Yeah, a lot of calories. Because that's another way to look at this. Mm-hmm. And then so I, she said, okay, what's for second dinner? I said, I think I want to not do second dinners anymore. And in my head, I'm that's thinking, amazing, right? I want to develop. Sure. Up the habit of not eating after dinner, right? And that's the way I'm processing it in my head. And so I've got one down. That's amazing. <laughs> we'll see. No, look, you're so heightened. Going. I, I, I didn't know. I mean, you're incredibly physically fit. You look 20 years younger than you are. Um, so obviously, you're very aware of habit. But I didn't know you were that aware. And yeah, the idea in my mind is. I think of it, it's it's like a constant recording device I wrote in The Habit Factor. So whatever you do, mm-hmm. you, me, the listener, it's just, it's being recorded. And and then if you do it again, 100%. if you do it again, it it becomes easier, quicker, faster, and it's more subtle. So, so this is why, you know, one of the great Chinese... Uh, quotes is habit is a cobweb at first and a cable at last. And so you smoke one cigarette, not a big deal, Mm -hmm. but something somewhere is listening Mm -hmm. and then you do it again. And then of course there's the nicotine, which is an addictive substance, but, but you add it all together and it doesn't matter. Habit accelerator. It is a habit accelerator. That's Mm -hmm. a great one. So, so I just I'm blown away. Uh, I didn't realize, and I should have, how sensitive and aware you are to habit. So I'm glad I asked that question, even yeah. though that's a standard, it's a patented fantastic question. guiding principle in life, and it's helped me a lot. And and with the with the people that I work with, with the young adults that I work with, I, <laughs> I definitely bring it up a lot, and I talk to it's them great. about their habits. And when I do talk to them about their habits and and how these things are are gonna resonate in their life. I can see in their eyes that they get it oh, and really? that there's impact. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Because I was, I mean, I don't know if I was 20, I would necessarily get it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe when I, I was would, 20, maybe I, I, I wouldn't think I could be shackled by habits. I really believed right. that my free will was instantaneous and, and sustainable. Like if I decided this on one that's day, right. then that's I could right. just decide that. And that's the way my life would be from there right. on out. And I could make any change at any time. And, and, to and it. I, but it didn't I, really turn out that way. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> you, I, the beauty is you, you, we, we always can make that change. It just becomes so much harder. 
If you just effort, yeah, because a lot of emotional effort. struggle yeah. that comes along with it, yeah. because the previous habit is tugging. It's so at strong. Your emotional cortex and yeah. it's saying, "Do this, <laughs> right. do this," and right. you're like, "Well, I've consciously decided not to pursue that behavior anymore." This behavior. So you just got to get over the hump of that emotional tug that's trying to pull you back into your old habit. But once you create the new habit, then it's a lot easier. To it's a, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Another quote, yeah. something like it's a, a Yiddish proverb: "Bad habits are are it's like hard to get out of." <laughs> oh my God! Something about a bed, easy to get, like a comfortable bed, easy to get into and hard to get out of. That's it. Yeah. Easy to get into and hard to get That's out. That's it. Of. Yeah. A Yiddish proverb. So usually. And I know this is – you're probably not going to believe this. Um, we never spend this much time on habit, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's working. So thank you. you the other proverb. Uh-oh. The bad habits are like a stage five clinger. Easy to get into, but hard to get out of. <laughs> I have not heard that one. That's a good one. I got a stage five. Um, I like that though. That's funny. So you just killed – because the next question I asked you about good habits. The next question is – and this is how good you are. The next question is any bad habit you're trying to get out of. You answered both with your second dinner, the bad habit and the good habit. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to mention any other bad habit you're trying to change. Um, when I when I go out, I'll still have cigarettes. Ah. When I'm out, uh. that is something I should probably not do. <laughs> no there's, judgment here. That's there's, horrible. There's things in my. You know, I'm not judging you. That's stupid. <laughs> All right. Um, but generally speaking, right. I don't. Um, let's see. That's fine. I look the yeah, second I dinner you killed it. Good job. And issues, and now I'm just okay. trying. I'm trying to change a little, a smaller habit right now to go to bed earlier, fall asleep earlier, less time watching pointless television. I, good a genius. I know how to cure that. Earlier. Throw away the TV. Yeah. <laughs> the wifey's not going to subscribe to that. No, she's not going to subscribe to that. All right. Well, we're doing great. You're absolutely amazing. Favorite quote. <laughs> he um, pulls out imagine, his pad of paper. As you can imagine, um, it has to do with habits. And we are what we repeatedly do. Excellent is then not yes, excellence. a single act, but a habit. Aristotle. Yeah. I, I, I read that. In your book or yep. in one of your newsletter emails or something, and it <laughs> yes. really stuck with me that anything I do, not just excellence, anything I do, even if it's not, it hasn't hit the level of excellence, it, at least if I'm getting consistent at something, then the probability that I will continue to do that is so much greater That's if I awesome. develop that consistency. And if I can consciously determine what the behaviors are that will lead to my success and I strive for consistency in those things. I I just love that you set it up in this meta framework like like you're looking at it just I almost don't want to even talk about it too much because I want to go back to the drawing board and and work on a few things But, but yeah you're looking at it in the major categories and saying if I just do this repeatedly and this repeatedly and this, re- and then don't mm-hmm. do this and mm-hmm. don't do this, the end game twenty years from now is is much mm-hmm. better. <laughs> it matches your goals. Definitely. Everything's aligned. Habit alignment. Mm-hmm. And then the little victories that come along with it. The small habit I started working on was I buy a pound and a half of spinach and kale every week. That big bag from Costco, and I try to finish it by the end of the week. It's That's amazing. So just in the morning, I'll dump a whole bunch in a pan with Shit. olive oil, and I'll cook it down and throw some eggs in it, and it's a great breakfast. And there's a lot of protein, a lot of greens, and I'm eating more greens than I've ever eaten in my I life am now. So, so glad you habit. just shared that. Um, I had so a wait habit. a second. You buy a pound and a half of kale. Yeah, it's ca- and kale and spinach. It's a giant and bag. And then to you have at Costco. cook some eggs. Well, I cook the I cook the greens first. Okay. Just throw with all oil. Literally, just fill the pan with it. So okay. it's heaping. Okay. With olive oil in the pan uh-huh. first. Move it around, and it starts to cook down, cook down, cook down, cook down until sure. It's really, not that much, but you get all the nutritional benefit. 
and right, you're not the fiber, and sure. apparently the greens are really good for your brain. So my goal is to provide the optimal nutrition for my brain. So I did a lot of reading. I hear that greens are really good for your brain. I'm fish oil is really good for your brain. So I try to have the habits of eating plenty of greens, plenty of fish oil. But then what do you do with a pound and a half? Even though it shrinks down, you're not eating that. You say you have all week to eat it. So takes, where are you storing? It takes about takes a in the in the refrigerator. Okay. Takes about four to five meals for me to finish it. So it's four to five breakfasts I'm where I get it out first thing in the morning. Yeah, get it out first get, get it out of the way first thing in the morning and, and it helps knock that out. Yeah. That is such a great yeah, habit. Because eating a salad that size is just overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> it takes forever. It's oh. actually really good if you cook it with olive oil and just I a tiny oil. bit of spice. Oh. It tastes delicious. Yeah. It's literally green eggs. I'm sitting here with my jaw dropped. I that was worth the it's entire a episode. It's a great yes, habit. I love it because I'm right. gonna I'm gonna try. There is no try. Um, <laughs> all right, so we are rounding third. Just a few more questions, okay? And I will release you. Although you got to stick around. Um, favorite books, transformational books, books that is. You either gift to somebody or they just kind of change your mentality, their paradigm, the way you're looking at things. I've got a couple of – most of them are older books. Um, right. And this one might be a little controversial because who knows who actually writ, wrote it. Um, but I got to say The Art of the Deal was a great book. <laughs> I know. It really changed because I had just started my company and I was – I had to negotiate a lot and I was a very adversarial negotiator. Got and the, and the, 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 the takeaway from the book was more of a win-win was kind of what the book was getting okay. at. Go to the table and try right. to figure out how the both – can get away with the most in that negotiation and that's what a Love successful it. negotiation looks like. Um, so yeah, the art of the deal I really liked. Um, the other one that has had a lot of impact on me was it's called the Celestine prophecy. Oh God, this is, this has come up one or two times on the, yeah. Well. Two, one or two other times. Yeah, and it kind of it's a little it's that. a little more esoteric in that you learn to Appreciate be more that. in tune with your intuition and being open to what the universe is telling you. And you know, when I was sitting at home today and I heard from you and you said, "Come down and do this interview." To me, that's one of those things where the universe is saying, "There's your friend. Wow, he has a podcast. He's saying, come down and do an interview." And all the last three days, it's been bothering me oh, no. that I have this spot in my calendar open. Wow. I've been thinking, Tim, you need to have a full calendar. Really? You need to have something in there. Yeah. And so I've been kind of looking for the right fit. And so this to me is the Celestine right. prophecy. Cut right. and dry, easy. Right. It was right. easy for me to say, right. get down there and do that. Um, and then with people yeah. and just experiences and when – and it seems like everything's lining up and telling you, you know what, there's an opportunity for you in there. There's something in there that you're supposed to learn. There's something that Wait, you when need to... When did you to... read that? Well, it was a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. And it really led to a lot of other books, but I think that was the pivotal book right. that made me understand. James Redfield, I believe. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, for me, it was just all... It's just heightened sensitivity to energy mm-hmm. and personalities. Exactly. And some exactly. people are full... Freaking drains on, right. your, on your energy, right? And some build you up, and others, you know. I'm neutral. waiting for the for the book that comes through and makes it a little more objective. It was still a little more subjective than my taste. My general taste is, yeah. For I mean, it was foo foo, very mystical. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're running around the rainforest in Peru, and, mm-hmm. and and yeah, so it got out there. But I just. As long as you're bringing it up, I, mm-hmm. I felt like there was something to it. Oh, you're speaking to me for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've recommended the books yeah. to a lot of people. The other one would be <clears throat> The Dragons of Eden, mm. Carl Sagan. Um, he was the, I don't know if the godfather is the right word, but for neuroscience, yeah. he was the, you know, the scientist who first kind of started to look through the lens of we are everything that we are is basically in our skull and everything else is here to help us survive. Our legs just help 
me get around and my hands help me grab things. Your brain. My, yeah, my mouth is for communicating and eating so that I can nourish my brain. My eyes are for seeing my environment so I can, you know, everything is protect here to serve, to, yeah, to protect your brain, which is actually us. And, and so and that, there's people jumping off cliffs. Right. And he also, yeah, <laughs> and he also talked about <clears throat> just the difference in the ratio of the size of the cerebral cortex relative to the limbic system, the R complex, and how that puts us at the top of the food chain. Then he talks about the different mammals and um, the different ratio and size of cerebral cortex to um, limbic system. He's got the triune brain theory that he subscribes to, which was really interesting. Um, and then the last one that I would have to say is guns, germs, and steel. Oh, Jared, yeah. what's his last name? Yeah, he comes up with a very objective analysis of this Food Major, chain dynamics right. as a color of skin, which is a very controversial wow. approach. Sure. And he talks about how – why the white people seem to have it all. And he breaks it down to the – Guns, germs, and steel, right. but he breaks it down to the latitude on the on the map, sure. and it's just where um, if you're like in too hot region. Well, he, he breaks it down to domesticated agriculture. Um, that oh. that man as uh, as a species, as a as an organism, lasted for you know the first you know three million years as, as a hunting gathering and so 100 people could took 100 people to feed 100 people right, right. but once they domesticated agriculture then it took a, a lot less people and so now you had other people who came up with figured out metal and figured out art and figured out math and then society started and then kingdoms and you got kings and everything because they needed someone to control everybody <clears throat> but in, it's just happened to have where it happened was at a latitude where the skin where you could have where the right. skin became whiter over time because that's where you could actually domesticate a crop. So too much sun, yeah, no domesticated crops, not enough sun. It was a really interesting book. It's a really interesting um, I've heard, journey. I've through. heard that a few times. Right. It's just funny that so it's guns, germs, and steel, and somewhere right. it should be our agriculture, guns, germs, and steel. Right. Right. But, exactly. Uh, not as good a title. Probably. Great read. Sounds I think you got incredible. a Pulitzer Prize for that book as well. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We are almost done. I want to ask you about a favorite app, tech tool, website, something other than your phone itself that you can't get through the day without. Hmm. That's a tough question. You might have to edit out the pause here. Um, <laughs> look, a tech tool. I mean, just something you use every day that maybe. Uh... I, you know, I'd, I'd have to say Spotify at this point. Great, I've heard that before too. I've, uh, you know, music guy. is a big part of my life. You know, I, I there's been a lot of things in my life that have been great and not so great and everything. But the one thing that's always been great in my life and consistent in my life is music. It always is a mood elevator. It always lifts me up. It can inspire me. It can calm me down. It right. can do so many different things for me. Um, coming to the realization that music is actually a, a very evolved. <sighs> hmm. I lost my train of thought. No, that okay. um, is a very evolved vibration therapy. There you go. Energy. That was like a big step for me with music because I've been trying to figure out what the hell is music? Like, what is music? Why, yeah. What is it in relation to your life? Like why right. gravitate to it why so much? Why is your business around? been around for so long? And, and now you're realizing. People. It's a very evolved form of vibration therapy. Vibration therapy. Because the different kind of music can make sure. you feel differently. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I'm laughing because all of a sudden, um, for my meditations, yeah, that's the I own. listen to, well, sitar. Mm -hmm. I posted the other day, I've fallen in love uh -huh. with the sitar. Oh, yeah? 
OMG. Right. But we'll do we'll save that for another day because this is yeah. about you. But the sitar, so because I was on like a meditation channel on Pandora. Right. And then for the first time after like six months, a song, an Indian song came on. And it was this incredible, I was like, what is that? So I like jumped up. I liked it. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any Indian channels, <laughs> which is like the dumbest question you can ask. So There might be dumber. <laughs> so, but it, so I type it in and, you know, it's got like, I don't know, a trillion, trillion followers. And, and I put it on and it has, it's just been amazing. It's all relevant and relative to another interview I did. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, go back to. It's Fred Granson, The Lazy Way to Success. But that's for another day. So so Spotify, yeah. anything Pandora else, was for say, a while, but uh, it didn't – I don't I don't think their operating system is. Their UI is as good as right. Spotify's. Um, yeah, other than that, like Sonos. Sonos. I just love it. It's the home system right. that goes through your phone and that's you can con- connect any music um, streaming application to it, Sonos. including SoundCloud it's, or Pandora. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Basically. That's yeah. Just, uh, you just turn on your home system with your that phone. That is worth sharing. And the that's speakers, what I'm looking for. The speakers connect to your home Wi-Fi system and your phones connect to the internet. And so it just all communicates and you can have different speakers in different rooms. That's great. Yeah. I just hit the Bluetooth ones where you have and to reach the quality of the, the speakers time. is good. So Ooh, you get a full range great. of sound, which is important to me. It's amazing. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, before we let you go, I want to thank you for an extremely entertaining. Thank you. Educational. I appreciate it. This um, is fantastic. Yeah, this was fantastic. So the only other thing is, the listener who wants to find out more about Event Vibe or Tim Ortiz, <clears throat> do you not want them to find you? <laughs> I mean, or, I'm, I'm not that hard to find. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Okay. Um, I think on Instagram sure. I'm Event Vibe underscore Tim and Instagram uh, Event Vibe underscore Tim. Right, and then on Facebook Tim Ortiz. Okay. It's there's probably a bunch. But there's of a us. website I can link to. Eventvibe.com. Eventvibe.com. Sweet. Right. And they can look at pictures. They can look at all the, so all the many pictures. Yeah, all the yeah, beautiful yeah. people. <laughs> um, whooping it up. All right, Tim. That was amazing. little high five there. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Say goodbye to the listener. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs> all right. Cheers. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going? It's phenomenal. It's I, The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book. Again, check it out. Audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. Audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two. And of course, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful. We'll see you at the next episode.